to Creative City, the podcast that lets you listen in on my conversations with some of Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds. For more information and to listen to previous episodes, please visit www.creativecitypodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter for the latest updates and be sure to listen, rate, and review on iTunes. Now let's get to it. Podcast. I'm your host, Tamia Stinson. And I don't know if you know this, but I have just finished up my year as a 2017 Hale Fellow through People's Liberty. I created a project called Tether, which is a community and resource for local image makers. You can find out more at tethercincinnati.com. But what I'm really here for today is to talk to two very special guests, the new, brand new, improved, I don't know, we'll see, <laughs> 2018 Hell Fellows, Elisa and Nicole, and I'll have them introduce themselves so you can hear their voices. Elisa, why don't you start? Sure, I'm Elisa Hoffman, and I am launching a program called School Board School. And I am Nicole Armstrong, and I'm launching a project called Queen City Certified Equity at Work. See, you guys already have names and everything. So when I started um, the fellowship last year, I was like, okay, I want to do this thing, and it's probably going to be like uh, a community of people, and we'll have a website with a directory and a book, and I had no idea what the name was going to be. I'm trying to think of what I called it on my application. It was something super-duper corny and... It did not flow at all. And I remember for like the first, the first month minimum, I was racking my brain trying to figure out what the freaking name should be. And after a certain point, I partnered with um, initially the team from Cosette, which is a really awesome design agency. Um, and we did like some brainstorming exercises and literally just looked up a bunch of different photography and styling and industry terms and just started winging it. Just <laughs> wrote a bunch of stuff down on a whiteboard and eventually narrowed it down to two options that I had people vote on oh, at the very cool. first event. Because that's the other well, option. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody always wants to know. So it was, between, it was between booked, like you've been booked for a job, because I thought it could be fun to do something with the double O's and the logo. I'm a visual person, so okay. I, was thinking, mm-hmm. I was thinking visuals. And Tether. And I think the photographers kind of put it over the edge, because Tether is a photography term. Okay. It's when you hook your camera to your laptop so you can actually see the images. So I'm super duper happy with the name, obviously, yeah. but I remember how frustrating it was going through the naming process. So good on you guys for having <laughs> figured all that out up front. Um, so I'm going to have the two of you talk a little bit about what your projects are and what the inspiration is so people know um, what, what's coming and perhaps even how they can help or join in at some point. And then you guys can ask me stuff. I have advice. Yes. I, I did the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have some information I'm more than happy to share. Um, so Nicole, why don't you start this time? Sure. Um, so over the next year, I'm actually going to be developing a certification system for Cincinnati businesses um, for gender equity. And essentially what that means is looking at a wide variety of issues that affect women at work um, who that can often prevent women from being able to move forward or to find balance between work and family life. Um, and identifying a way to actually create different levels of certification for companies um, to achieve. Sort of similar to a lead-based model where they can earn points for different policies that they have in place. Um, you know, but some of the inspiration, I think, comes just from work history, but also personal experience. So 
I've worked uh, a lot in social innovation. Um, my background is in actually in graphic design, um, but I've worked mostly in nonprofit sector um, and most recently doing social innovation with communities around Cincinnati to design solutions with them to challenges that, uh, that we're all facing. And one of the things I noticed as we were working with communities, especially with women, were some of the unique challenges that they were facing in regards to work. Um, you know, many women are providing the most of the childcare for their children. Yep. And taking care of elderly parents. Mm, yep. And so it's, you know, a lot of the policies that um, employers have in place puts a lot of stress on women to try to find that balance. And... Um, Oh, yeah, go ahead. Do you think that's because those policies have been in place for for so long that they were actually created during a time when there weren't as many women in the workplace? I think so. I think part of it, um, you know, I think part of it is that our work systems have actually been based on, on a patriarchal system where the man is considered the sole breadwinner or the primary breadwinner. Right. I also think that a lot of it is just lack of education. I think a lot of employers don't realize mm -hmm. how their policies actually Im impact their employees. Mm -hmm. And I'll use one example. Um, one of the women that we were working with on a project, um, she was pregnant at the time. She'd gotten this job, and she had such severe morning sickness that she had to go to the hospital. And so she was hospitalized for the day and missed work. And so she brought a note in to her employer, uh, letting them know why she'd missed the day but they fired her regardless because of a 90-day policy. So if you missed any work at all within that 90 days, you'd be fired. Well, by that time, she was visibly pregnant, and she couldn't find another job before she had her baby. Right. And this is something that I've heard over and over. I ran into a friend of mine later, uh, you know, a few months after I started thinking about this idea, and she was talking about how she'd been freelancing for a company for over a year, and um, they wanted to make the position permanent. So she said, well, I'd love for you to consider me. Yeah. And her boss said, well, look at you. We can't hire you because she was pregnant. So these are stories that I've heard over and over and I've seen over and over, um, whether it's like pay disparities or lack of opportunity to grow in leadership, um, lack of mentorship opportunities, even interviewing practices. Um, and so it kind of inspired me, um, you know, as I was going through my own job search and feeling frustrated, I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if there was a way to identify companies that do value gender equity and know that a third party has sort of vetted them and said, yes, like these are the policies that they've put in place in order to earn this seal of approval in a way, so that women and men as well can start to look for companies and say, you know what, if I have the choice between working for a company that's certified or a company that's not certified, I'm going with the one that's certified because I know that they share my values. So yeah, 100%. That's, that's sort of how this was all born. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. I've actually thought about, I mean, childcare comes into such big play. I mean, irrespective of gender, but like you said, it usually, for the most part, tends to fall on, on the, the, the mom in this situation. And I'm trying to figure out the best way to make sure that people have equal opportunities, irrespective of their parental status. Absolutely. And something that I've been thinking about too, even in terms of this point system around paid family leave, is that um, something that's going to be really important is that it's not just about maternity leave. Right. It's about paternity leave as well because when yes. companies only offer maternity leave or the time off is actually not equal, mm -hmm. we're basically reinforcing this notion yeah. that the sole responsibility of childcare falls to a woman. Mm -hmm. And so this is something that we actually need to shift because there's many men out there that would love to participate Absolutely. in their children's mm -hmm. lives in the early years um, that don't have the opportunity to. But it also means that women are having to sacrifice career um, or even the balance that they're trying to find to have both mm -hmm. because those policies just haven't kept up. Mm -hmm.
Well, it sounds like a super cool yes. project. I am happy to see where it goes and want to participate at some point. Yes, absolutely. I'll be knocking on your <laughs> desk door. <laughs> like, how can I help? <laughs> now, Elisa, tell us a little bit about School Board School. Yeah, so School Board School is a program for people who are interested in running for school board in the next one to three years. Um, and the idea is that we will help provide some of the skills and experiences and mindsets that are needed to um, be effective in the role, uh, with the goal being that we're going to grow a bench uh, of more diverse, qualified, um, equity-focused elected officials. Um, so that's the kind of the overall idea behind school board school. And it came from this idea, you know, after the November 2016 presidential election, I think like a lot of people, I was evaluating how do I make my biggest impact right now. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was serving as a member of the Cincinnati Public School Board. Um, and in my opinion, that is one of the ways that you can make the biggest impact on your community. Absolutely. Um, and so I considered running for re-election. My term was up um, at the end of uh, last year and uh, then made some some choices to not make any rash decisions in the post-November 2016 uh, world uh -huh. uh, and just, just kind of evaluate what is this kind of environment that we're living in now. And during that time, um, I kind of kept getting emails and Facebook invites, et cetera, for all of these organizations that were springing up um, or that were kind of growing in scale that were recruiting people to run for office to try to uh, grow a bigger bench of uh, progressive elected officials. I've seen a lot of that. Yep. And so, and I went to this fantastic conference that was cool, was to get more progressive people into the uh, arena, as they called it. Um, and these are all incredibly important organizations, but they are all focused on recruiting people to run and getting them elected. And none of them were focused on whether or not these people were actually going to be effective. Mm. And at the same time that was happening, uh, lots of people locally were asking if I would go out to coffee and talk to them about what it's like to be on the school board because they were considering running. I've been working in education about 20 years now, so I had friends from around the country calling and saying, hey, can I put you in touch with so-and-so who's in my community thinking of running? And I would have all these um, coffees and phone chats with really passionate, really um, interesting people, but I would walk away from the vast majority of them saying, I don't think they know what this role is. Yeah. And there's a big difference between campaigning and governing. And so... Uh, the idea is that there's lots of organizations that are doing the work really well of helping people get elected, but there's this real gap in making sure that day one on the job, people are ready to be effective. Whew, okay, so let me, I'm just going to put this out there. Yeah. I may or may, no, I'm not going to delete it. Screw it, it's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I set in, um, as a former Hale Fellow, I sat in on all of the um, fellowship interviews, and there were only nine of them this year, so everybody that came through had really fantastic ideas. But I will say that it was the women who came through the interview process that really had their shit together. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Which, honestly... Did you find that surprising? Not all that surprising. <laughs> no. Mm -mm. Yeah. Not at all. But in terms of knowing what you wanted to do and how you wanted to accomplish it... Um, your ideas definitely stood out as ones that were extremely well thought through and obviously good ideas that seemed like they could be effective and carry on post-fellowship. 
which is super important because that's what I'm dealing with yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, one of the things that I've been working on with Tether is how to make it sustainable, which right. means that it has to, it's got to make money, y'all. You know, fellowship, yeah. fellowship funds run out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and eventually it has to be able to, to live and, and breathe and make money on its own. Um, so that's one of the pieces that I'm dealing with right now and trying to figure out what that looks like. But I, if I recall correctly, you guys already kind of had something along those lines baked into your initial plans. Is that, is that right? I think so, yeah. At least for um, Queen City Certified. And you, it's funny you were mentioning the name and how you were struggling with that because I think it's so perfect for Cincinnati, um, this concept of Queen City Certified. Mm-hmm. But I also envision it being able to be used by other cities and be able to right. sort of customize it as to what their needs are regarding the status of the women in those cities. And so part of me is like, well, do we keep it Queen City Certified or does it have a different name? Um, but yeah, I sort of envision it as, you know, this first year will be a prototype where I'll actually get to try it out with a few large companies and a few small companies and a few companies in between mm-hmm. um, and learn as much as I can to see what works and what doesn't work, what's achievable, what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually creating a system that um, companies could pay for the training to achieve certification and there might be a fee associated with certification, um, but it would be a sliding scale. So my hope is that it's a social business in the sense that if you're a small company, um, it would be less expensive. Mm-hmm. If you're a larger company, it would be more expensive mm-hmm. so that every company can participate. I don't want this to be um, something that's inexpe- inaccessible to small businesses or to mom and pop shops. I really want everybody to be able to achieve this and to celebrate this and be proud of this. So um, that's how I sort of envi- envision it becoming a, a business model moving forward. Yeah, that's super smart. Yeah, and with um, School Board School, there's a couple different ways that I think we could have an earned revenue stream. And so one of them is one of the really interesting things when I was researching this over the last year or so um, was that uh, I have lots of um, colleagues, former colleagues, who are on school boards across the country right now. And so uh, as I was kicking around this idea, I'd call them and say, is this something you would have done? Uh, you know, and what are the things you wish you knew? And uh, everyone I talked to would say, we really need this. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it didn't matter if it was like, I was talking to someone in Austin, you know, or in you know, a small town in New Hampshire or in Minneapolis, like wherever they were, we need this. And so one of the ideas is, um, like Nicole's project, we'll do a proof of concept here with Cincinnati Public Schools in CPS. Uh, people interested in running for board here, uh, we're, you know, hopefully get a really great class of people in who are very flexible and understanding that this is our pilot year. Right. <laughs> you know, we're learning as much as we're teaching. Yes. Please be, please be gentle. Right. Exactly. Be kind. <laughs> um, and so uh, do our proof of concept here. And then next year, part of the work I'll be doing is packaging this curriculum and then being able to sell it to other districts um, around the country so that they can, they can do it. The other... Um, uh, part of the earned revenue stream is this year it would be free for participants because right. we are learning. Yes, uh, the is the pilot. <laughs> yes. Um, and then after that, there would be you know a, a fee to participate. But what we would also hope, I think, similar to what Nicole is saying, we don't want there to be a barrier to entry. And so we would also be looking for you know area organizations, nonprofits, philanthropies to also help sponsor seats, um, so that if you couldn't afford to to participate in it, we would have you know some grants and all to cover cover some of uh, some of those seats um, and then other folks would be able to hopefully pay for those seats too so there would be a, a way to kind of have two different uh, earned revenue streams that's smart that's smart so you've thought of the front end and the back end now for what happens in the middle yeah. uh, <laughs> to learn from yeah, you. yes so you come in <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the super fun, slightly crazy part. Um, one of the biggest things that struck me when I first started this project um, was how much of, I mean, I guess life, but really anything that you're going to create is streaming. So I tend to be the type of person that likes to have everything all figured out and all the bullet points yeah. all in place and everything is everything from got, top to bottom. <laughs> <laughs> no, from your 27-page packet exactly. that you presented. Yeah. <laughs> that was like bound. And like, exactly. Titles and subtitles uh, and all that good exactly. stuff. Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I walked into people's liberty with y'all were so chill, like so you're not tired. Yeah, you know, I like come in with like my bound <laughs> bullet pointed and yes, outline for every person. Uh-huh. That was me. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so you get it then. Uh-huh. Uh, but one of the things that struck me very quickly was how much this is what I like to call a streaming project. You know, when you download something, you get all of it at once, right? You wait a little longer, but you get all of it at once. Think of Netflix. You start seeing it as soon as it starts streaming. So they've got five seconds of content, they start playing it, and while that's playing, the next however many minutes is, is being downloaded. So that's kind of how I compare this type of project to <laughs> the ways that I'm not necessarily used to doing things, or I, I was not used to the way of doing things but quickly became clear that that was just how it was going to work out. You know, you try something, you see how it works. If you need to pivot, you pivot. So it's sort of like a forced prototyping. Like in the, You're doing that throughout the year. You're doing you know, it. You're not planning it and then over six months and then trying it. You're literally jumping in and trying it right away. You have to start doing stuff ASAP. Mm -hmm. And it's really weird because a year, I mean, depending on how old you are, a year is either a really long time, you know, think back to elementary school, or it flies by. Yeah. And this is one of those years that's going to fly by. So it's really not as long a period of time as it kind of seems at the beginning. Um, so given that there is some stuff that, is gonna have to be figured out along the way, and that's okay. Like for me, that was a big thing, uh, sort of allowing myself to not know what's coming next. We'll see, we'll see. And it seems like there's an amazing team of people. Um, this community, like the People's Liberty community is so supportive that it seems like even when you feel lost, did you feel like they, they had your back or could kind of guide you in the, yeah, in the next direction? Yeah, 100%. And it's really weird because People's Liberty is an experiment also. Yeah. So it was really interesting to see um, to see and hear their perspectives because they're kind of going through the same thing. You know, they're a little over halfway through the five-year time frame of People's Liberty. So it was always cool to have them jump on board, both having seen other projects that have come through, all of which have, I mean, the people who are not only working here but are also grantees that have been part of People's Liberty have been really super-duper inspiring. Um, so having seen that stuff, they know what has worked and what hasn't for other grantees and projects in the past. But then also, again, they're in the middle of kind of the same kind of experiment. So there's a, a good amount of back and forth that you can have with the team of people here. Um, they're super smart and creative anyway. But both being part of that personal, having that be their personal experience that they're going through, mm -hmm. I think is also really helpful and honestly kind of comforting to know that it's not just you. We're all right. together. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting and I think gives me a little bit comfort jumping into this is I feel like our projects have a lot in common. Yep. And so I feel like we might go through some of the yes. sim like similar experiences or we can learn from each other's experiences. Yeah. So in a sense, I'm like, okay. It'll be all right. Yeah. Because whatever you yeah. have to learn, right. I'll be able to learn from <laughs> yeah. um, exactly. what I learned. Yeah. I can share it with her. Yes. Exactly. Because I think with both of these, we're both 
creating and launching at the same time, right? So like in an ideal world, I'd have the fellowship year to create this entire program and write the 10 session curriculum and come up with a beautiful recruitment plan, but that's not an ideal world, right? So like I'm going to both be creating this and launching it at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's a lot, like I was telling some of the other nights, like my first year teaching, where um, I always felt like I was like one chapter ahead of the kids, right? I, mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't actually know what comes next in second grade math, but we're going to find out soon, right? As long as it's not fractions. Right. <laughs> and this is what it's also, I mean, there's these 10 sessions, and I mean, we'll get the first chunk of them written so we can get that going. But we also, I, it's so interesting to hear what you're saying because... I wouldn't want all 10 of them written because I don't know how the first couple are going to go. Because you don't know how it's going to go. Right. What people need. Right. Maybe you think, oh, here's what they really need to know. And then you get into it and they're like, actually, can you explain this? Exactly. Exactly. And so to be able to have that flexibility, that's that's a really good good reminder and a good point to to bring up. Well, you mentioned the pivot. So I'm wondering from your perspective, what was your most meaningful pivot? At what, was there a point where you were sort of like, oh, where am I going from here? So I think the way that I kind of had it planned out at the beginning was, okay, we were going to do a bunch of photo shoots. Great check happened. Everybody's amazing. Came up with some super duper creative concepts and the photos look fantastic. Uh, we're going to create a directory of people where you can go to find each other. Awesome. Great. Worked with a fantastic um, web designer, Laura Katz at Zactivity, and got the membership platform up and running. So you can go to tethercincinnati.com slash directory and find who you need via search. Cool. Check. Yeah. And then we were going to have a big launch event. So when the actual source book was published, which last December 13th, I believe, was our <laughs> big launch party when I actually held the book in my hands and got to give it to people after having said for months on end that, no promise, I, we're going to do this thing, it's going to be a thing. No, seriously, you're going to have... <laughs> <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I promise. We're going to do it. We did it. So that was on the list. Awesome. Check. What I did not realize was how much people value being able to connect face-to-face. So the number of events that I had initially planned on having went from like two to way more than that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that will be one of the things that continues is the events because I love Instagram as much as the next person, but liking and commenting can only get you so far when you're trying to connect with an individual. Um, Especially if you're going to be on set with somebody for 12 hours a day, you want to have some sort of connection or rapport and figuring out who should and could be on your team um, pretty much requires meeting people. So the number of events and the importance of events was something that I had not really anticipated or planned on, but kind of, I don't want to say I've been forced, but I have uh, been convinced that that is something that needs to happen on a regular basis. And how has Tether been received from the professional organizations around the city who hire creative individuals? Did you find like... You know, when you were starting to do outreach with them and try to pull them in, what was that experience like and and what were some of the ways that you found to engage them? It's been really interesting. So the book was published again at the end of last year and then then January hits and you only have three months to do something. (laughs) You're like, okay, I've spent all this time creating this thing, which is awesome because I've had the time and the resources to do so, but then I... 
that's the beginning of it, right? Yeah. So now you've got the thing. Now you gotta, like you were saying, you gotta push it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mailed a bunch of. I swear to God, mailing. I understand why mailing houses exist now. <laughs> <laughs> because that, I would definitely pay money for somebody else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mailed out a bunch of source books and got some good feedback from a few people. But every time I, we went to the um, Cincinnati's, which is the Advertising Foundation's big award ceremony for different creatives in the, um, mostly like the commercial industry, and anytime I would meet somebody and tell them who I was, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, the Tether source book. Oh, we so love that. So yeah. they'd, they'd seen it. They knew what it was. But figuring out how to instruct people how to use it, even though it literally says, there's like three steps. <laughs> I literally said, here's how to use this book. People don't read. I get it. I don't really read either. Let's be honest. I mean, I skim. You know, we all do in this day and age. So it was well received and people knew what it was and they really liked it. But getting people to understand how to use it as a resource and also how to use the directory as a resource is like a whole other, that's a whole other part of the program that I did not know was going to exist. Because I assumed, I did not assume people would read. I knew better than that. But I assumed that once you see, once you hold something in your hands, then you would at least take the time to kind of figure out what was going on with it. But again, people don't have as much time as maybe they used to. So that's going to be sort of the next leg is figuring out how to get people to understand, okay, this book that you like that has all this cool stuff in it, here's what to do with it, here's how to use Mm -hmm. it, here is the best way to get in touch with the people who are featured in the book and on the website and would be able to help you with your creative projects. Yeah, that's a good point. And have you, do you feel now, you were talking about uh, sort of at the beginning of our conversation, figuring out what those next steps are in terms of making Tether sustainable and how do you envision this new process that is sort of like educating businesses on how to use it? How do you see that? kind of fitting into these next steps? Well, that definitely has to be part of um, basically like a marketing campaign is what I'm thinking about at this point um, because it has to be, <laughs> it's, it's out there, we just got to drive the point home. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what I was at, but we talked about the fact that it takes eight different touch points for something to really be ingrained in people's minds. Mm-hmm. So that means you have to come into contact with them in some way or another over and over, over, yeah. and over again over a relatively sustained period of time and figuring out how to do that with what is what little bit is left over from the fellowship budget and then also trying to figure out, okay, what will people pay for and how much mm-hmm. because that's going to be a huge part of the sustainability and I'm looking at the numbers and it's hard. It's hard to figure out what those numbers should look like um, in terms of value. Yeah, it'll probably mm-hmm. be a membership model, just because that's one of the more sustainable ways sure. to yeah. do things, where you you know you pay a certain amount per year to be part of um, this community. And obviously, there are some benefits that come along with that, and what those benefits should look like. I hosted an event here at People's Liberty a couple weeks ago that kind of that literally went through and asked people, okay, which of these things on this list do you find valuable? And which of them do you find valuable enough to pay for? Mm -hmm. And approximately how much would you pay for those things? (laughs) So you really got to start to drill down to the numbers. And again, looking at the numbers, it's Excel. I love a spreadsheet. So I put all the numbers in a big spreadsheet, and it's like, hmm, that that may or may not actually work. So we shall see. 
Um, but yeah, figuring all that out has been just on top of, that's what comes next. That's what comes after doing the thing is figuring out how to, how to make it all add mm-hmm. up properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in our seats now, we're about to, we're about to start this journey. Yeah, about the What launch. would you say, um, we should definitely, definitely do and definitely do not do? <laughs> <laughs> so I would say definitely do, um, Find a good team of people who can help you out. I am unfortunately probably over-independent. And I don't think I can do everything by myself, but I'm pretty sure nobody can do things the way I want them to. (laughs) (laughs) Which I 100% will cop to my control tendencies. I'm, you know, it is what it is. I'm I'm getting over it. I'm getting better at letting go of some of that stuff. But I would say definitely put together a good team of people. Bring somebody, at least one person on as soon as possible. Okay. So that they understand the project from the ground up, where it's been and where it can go. Um, I think that would be super helpful for both of you. And then one thing I would say definitely do not do is don't wait, don't, don't wait until it's perfect. Yes. Advice, which is a hard so hard. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Don't have a bunch of type A people sitting around. I know. I could tell from the interviews. Yeah. <laughs> such good advice. Yeah. Though. It is good advice. I think I'm going to have to to put that like on a print on my wall in the office. Just yeah. like don't let what is it, what is that quote like don't let good or don't, don't let perfect, perfect get in the way of yeah. 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 And honestly, I have decided. I've told myself, and I. I don't think that I have it written down anywhere that I can see it every day, but I, it might be on my Pinterest board or something that I created, that um, my mantra at this point is, when it hits B minus, it ships. So Seth Godin talks a lot about shipping, which is actually putting things out there. And as a perfectionist, I want everything to be A plus before anybody sees it. That's BS. <laughs> That's not possible. So once it hits B minus, which is just above average, which is freaking fine. <laughs> That's when it goes out there. And especially when it comes to things that are digital, it's fine. You can perfect to A plus as as things go on and you learn what is actually needed, what's effective, what's valuable. You can perfect from B minus, but once it hits that point, then it's got to go. This goes for everything Mm -hmm. from emails because I get super, I have a bit of a grammar issue. Um, I'm very strict on the way I like things to be worded and edited and cut it's fine Mm -hmm. if they understand the message send the email so that goes (laughs) for everything from emails to like full on larger parts of the project yeah Yeah. I think that's going to be probably my biggest struggle (laughs) it's just like being comfortable putting it out there yeah and just learning from it and making it better from that point. Exactly. Like just being comfortable with saying, like, okay, we're just going to... This is the beta version. It's perfectly out. fine for yeah. it to not be 100% figured out. It would be weird if it was 100% figured out because that means you haven't really done your research. It's true. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the thing I think for both of us, too, is that we've got users. It's not... This isn't just a product of our own right. sort of imagination that we want to hold on to. It's not right. a creative pursuit for ourselves. It's, it's something that's going to be leveraged and used by other people. By other right. people. Exactly. We can't really have it perfect until we actually test it's it out with other people. people. Exactly. And they tell us. Right, and they tell us, like, yeah, yes, yeah. this makes what total sense. Useful. This works, so this doesn't yeah. work. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So those are the two big things. So at what point, my, I'm kind of curious around timing, right? So we have this year, and I know we're going to, you know, part of our process is going to be building out what this year looks like. And but when you when you were in your sort of throes of research and, and putting this together, at what point in that year did you feel like you got to eighty percent and through and like pushed it out there? Or do you, do you wish you would have pushed it out there sooner? Or 
you know, in terms of timing, what would you, what, what are some of your, what's some of your advice? So I know that the, the idea is that you take the first three months for like research and ideation and six months for execution and three months for reflection. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to work. Um, or at least it wouldn't for me because I had a timeline. Like right. I knew that I needed to get the actual print book produced before the fellowship was over. Right. Which meant that come November, that needed to be a full-on physical thing. And then working backwards from there, I kind of hit the ground running. So I probably jumped a little bit ahead of the curve. You can probably work for a little while. Um, I would say take like the first month or so to kind of figure out what your timeline could or should look like, get your bearings, figure out who you might need to bring on board given the type of work that you're planning mm -hmm. to do as soon as possible. Um, and then you just gotta start doing stuff. Now, if it starts with something small, that's perfectly fine. But I honestly, there was a launch day, I think, at the, let's see, we started on like opening day last year, let's say, was the first day. So I had my first event at the beginning of May. Wow. So yeah. I took April, and then yeah. by May, and actually in April, I was meeting with people one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And then in May, yeah. it was like, here's the first thing where I'm bringing people together to talk about yeah. what this could be. Yeah. yeah. So no, and we have, I have, similarly with the timeline, I've been doing this backwards planning forever, yes. figuring mm -hmm. out because we have a November 2019 school board election, right? right? And so that's why I felt this urgency of getting this program launched this year. Yep. Um, and so if people want to run, they need to be um, already kind of putting together their campaign team and ideas and all of that at the beginning of next year, right? So um, at least by, you know, March-ish. Uh, and so that means we need to start, if I look at all the sessions we want to do, we need to start this first class through end of summer in order to get them through and finished by February so that they can do their campaigning stuff afterwards. And so it's so interesting to listen to you talking about your timeline because that is where the urgency comes in. I'm like, oh, oh God, we got to get going. <laughs> like actual people who have to, if they want to run, get through this program before then. Yeah. yeah. It's good in a way, though, because it holds you accountable to That's that. That's true. Not letting, you know, perfect it's perfect. Good. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, yes. You get time. Because we don't here and sitting in seats yes. and looking at yeah. us for a curriculum. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that deadline is a real one. Yeah. So there's a, there's a definite urgency to it. But I would also say don't, um, don't I would say don't stress too much about it but I think that's kind of impossible that sounds really easy to do but mm -hmm. yeah um, I would say don't put too much pressure again on things to on how don't try to anticipate how things will work out mm -hmm. I do that a lot where I try to predict the future like okay this is probably what this person is going to say or what they're going to ask me so I need to have an answer prepared ahead of time you don't mm -hmm. you can figure it out later it's fine and I remember in your presentation at Pass the Torch, you were talking about how you got burnt out at some point. Mm -hmm. So what is some of your advice around keeping, like, make, you know, staying on that path to accomplish your, your deadlines and your goals around your project, but also having that balance? I'm curious to see, like, what you feel like you've learned from that. Just about, it seems like we all have similar personality right. types, yeah. so I'd love to hear, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear your advice on that. Sometimes it's still difficult for me, because once my brain gets going on an idea, it doesn't want to stop, yeah. so I have to stop it. Like, I have to physically, well, maybe physically. I was going to say, I have to physically put the kibosh on it. Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have a little nickname for myself. I'm like, okay, stop now. 
Um, and I kind of have gotten to the point where I recognize when I'm starting to get burned out or when I recognize that, okay, you've been thinking, you've been devoting an awful lot of brain power to this. You're going to need to take a break. Otherwise, it's going to start to fizzle and you're going to go downhill. So I've kind of learned to recognize what that point is. And at that point, I know that I need to think about something else entirely, do something else entirely, whether that's spending time with my friends and family or... I need some alone time, that happens because I'm a classic introvert. I got to recharge. <laughs> I am a big fan of baths, do a lot of that. Um, I also like to get outside every now and again. It has not been, it's, oh it's been up and down lately. Seriously? <laughs> it's supposed to snow on Friday. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to pretend it's not but happening. It's not the sun is shining today. It's beautiful so now. Just, yeah, we're going to be in this moment. Who knows? Uh, but I like a good walk. I love yeah. a good yoga class. Like, so I recognize, I know the things that allow me to sort of recenter, and I'm mm -hmm. terrible at meditating, but I still try it anyway, just because I know I need to sit down and shut up every mm -hmm. now and again. Um, so sort of recognizing when it's about to come, when it's when it's already there, it's kind of it's too late. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's gonna be another three days before I'm ready to talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I know this about myself. Yeah. <laughs> so recognizing when the downturn is about to happen, and then knowing what I need at that point to get me back to neutral. Talk okay. everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And will you be sticking around to just like say that to us right now? <laughs> I'll make a big sign and just walk past you guys. Breathe. Yes. If we need to have a little meditation session, we can definitely do that. No problem. Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies. Now, I. How do people keep up with you and the projects going forward? Because I'm sure people will want to know more about what's happening, and People's Liberty will help document some of that stuff. But in terms of keeping up with what you guys are doing. What's the best way for people to do that? Well, eventually I plan on, on you know, one of my probably weaknesses is social media. So I'm going to bring on, I know I'm going to bring on a team member to help me with social media. Good. So we will definitely have a presence um, for Queen City Certified to keep people posted on the progress um, and what we're thinking, sharing articles that might be helpful for people. I think one of the things I really want to do is provide resources as well for job seekers and for women seeking employment and men seeking employment. Um, things about negotiation, things about what to look for in a work environment in terms of policies, what their rights are. So we'll be sharing articles and things like that. Um, but yeah, so we'll have a social media presence. And then if people want to participate, um, like I mentioned, we're going to be looking to partner with companies who are interested in achieving certification. So if you are a business owner or um, you are our leader in, in a business and you think that your company would be interested in doing something like this, um, obviously feel free to reach out to People's Liberty because we would be happy to partner with you through this process, even just to gather feedback around the certification and um, what companies' goals are and what's really meaningful to, meaningful to them in terms of gender equity in the workplace. Okay, so reach out to People's Liberty directly. Mm -hmm. Okay, what about you? Yeah, I was going to say it's very similarly, you know, the goal is to get a website up and going. Um, obviously, we're also going to have an application process for the people who want to participate in um, School Board School. And so that with any luck, <laughs> will be happening early in the summer. Um, and so for people who have been thinking about um, running for Cincinnati School Board in either 2019 or 2021, we'd love for you to apply to be part of this program. So definitely reach out to People's Liberty um, to let us know if you're interested. And then um, once we launch our application, we can we can let you, you know. 
um, and we'll be doing lots of recruitment and marketing stuff once um, the, we're getting closer to the application time and we actually know it's going to happen and yeah. when it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, we will uh, we'll be doing lots of uh, marketing at that point, but for people who are interested, for sure, reach out to people's early. Okay, perfect. Um, one thing I will say just since we just had that little mini conversation. So when I first, when I figured out that there was a name, I was like, okay, Tether, that's it, screw it, this is it. I'm moving forward. Um, so I set up this really bootleg website. <laughs> it was a Squarespace site that basically just had a red block saying, here's Tether, this is what it is. Enter your email address if you want more information. But that could be uh, something, that could yeah. be like the just first, one of the first steps. Just start collecting yes. people, who are, people who are interested yes. so you yeah. can keep them posted on what's that's going on. Idea. Yeah. Get your yeah. URL and set up your launch yes. page. That's mm -hmm. perfect. Okay. Speaking of, uh, you can find out more about Tether at tethercincinnati.com. You can find out more about me at thestylesample.com. promise I'm going to update the blog. I've been saying this for like three months, but I promise I'm going to do it. <laughs> and you can follow on social media. It's Tether Cincy on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then I am The Style Sample on Instagram and Twitter. And we will see you guys for the next season. Thanks, Nicole and Elisa. Thank, Thank you for having us. Yeah, this is great. See you next time.